Welcome to The Fraction, your dose of ideas, discussion, and discovery in the realm of radiation therapy. This is part two in our four-part series of discussions with all-stars from the 2018 World Championships of Treatment Planning. This session, we have a big group. Five different experts join the discussion. Christopher Moore from Cooper Cancer Center near Philly. Drew Ganatowicz from the University of Nebraska Med Center. Bjorn Anderson, who lives in Uppsala, Sweden and works for research laboratories. Vanessa Magliari, originally from France, now living in Illinois and working for Varian. And also from Varian and also living in Illinois, Anthony Magliari. It's a fun talk. We cover a range of topics from football fandom to measuring treatment plan quality to operating in a time crunch and featuring a healthy discussion today about automation. You're tuned into The Fraction. This is Ben Nelms. Let's get started. What I think we'll start with in this meeting, since we have such a big group, is we will go around and give a brief introduction, your name, where you work, maybe your, uh, how many years you've been doing treatment planning as part of your job, and then what type of plan you prepared. So modality, treatment planning system, so your technology profile. Uh, and we will start with, uh, I tell you what, we're going to start with one of you who I've never met, and it's Bjorn Andersson from Sweden. So Bjorn, give us a couple minutes, introduce yourself. All right, thank you. Uh, so my name is, is Bjorn Andersson, uh, and I work for Research Laboratories. Uh, so in fact, I can say right off the bat, I have zero experience uh, doing treatment planning, uh, but I do have about one year of experience in developing uh, Ray Station. So I have some idea of how treatment planning is done, and I have some insight into the algorithms behind it. So for this competition, I made a SMLC plan uh, using photons. Uh, I think that's about it. Yeah, and you're you're where do you where are you calling from in Sweden? Uh, I live in Uppsala, which is a town very close to Stockholm. Yeah. So I work in Stockholm. Absolutely. Now, a little story about Bjorn. I remember Bjorn. So Bjorn obviously knows how to use RayStation because he submitted a RayStation plan. So. Uh, I remember when I sent out the invitation to the high performers and there was one person who I hadn't seen their name before, Bjorn Anderson, and he said, I don't know if I should be giving an interview because I really don't know how to do treatment planning. <laughs> so he's an engineer, he's a software engineer. And I thought it's really interesting that the type of skill set where a really good software engineer, it translates well to, to modern day treatment planning, I think, where you're optimizing, uh, you know, you're optimizing things and there are cost functions. So Bjorn, we are happy to have you and even though you say you have no experience in treatment planning you were a high performer in the first ever world championship so you belong here um let's go to drew i haven't met drew either drew why don't you introduce yourself yeah um i currently work for nebraska medicine or uh, the university of nebraska med center um kind of two names uh been endosymmetrist for five years now um i did a vnet plan with eclipse just, uh, I've uh, been on Eclipse for about two years now, uh, Pinnacle before that. Very good. Where, where, were, uh, where are you from originally? So you, you're in Nebraska now. Where are you from originally? Mm -hmm. I'm from, from Nebraska, so I kind of bounced around a little bit. I worked uh, in Vegas for a little while and then Texas, and uh, finally a job opened up back here, back home. Well, that's great. Um, yeah. I really want to ask you what's happened to your football program, but I don't want to put you through that pain here in front of people. Uh, okay. <laughs> we're, we're back now. This year, this is going to be the year. There you go. We're coming back. Big red, right? <laughs> yep. Now, talking about football, I have to transition over to Chris. Chris, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm uh, Chris Moore, and I'm a uh, chief dissymmetrist here at uh, MDA Cooper Cancer Center. 
Uh, we're uh, uh, probably about 15 minutes away from uh, the uh, link, the home of the uh, Super Bowl champion, uh, Philadelphia Eagles. Um, anyway, my plan was a VMAT plan, three arcs, uh, using Pinnacle version 14. Uh, I've been in the field probably close to 35 years. Um, I've been here at uh, uh, NDA Cooper for the last three. Awesome. I, I knew you I, I knew you would enjoy talking about your Eagles, so I'm glad you got a chance yeah. to do that publicly. Chris, also yeah. you you ha you're very humble. You have had many leadership positions in the field of dosimetry, right? I have. I'm a former uh, president of the AAMD. I've uh, done a lot of uh, uh, side work with uh, uh, with the AAMD between committees and, and writing white papers and things of that nature. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I've been involved. Been involved, been around the block maybe once or twice, and maybe, then, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, last but not least, together I will introduce Anthony Magliari and Vanessa Magliari. Vanessa, why don't you uh, kick off, introduce yourself? So I will start. Um, I'm Vanessa Magliari. I'm working for Varian Medical Systems since now a little bit less than a year, and I'm a dosimetrist since. Um, a little bit over 10 years now. And your planning system? Oh, yeah, sorry. Of course, Eclipse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Vanessa, you've probably, a lot of people have probably seen her name. She's been a high performer in many of the plan studies, even before the prono days when we were doing these as the plan challenges with ROR. And that name, you may uh, also recognize the last name, and that would be Anthony. Now, you may have noticed the French accent. Vanessa, you're originally from <laughs> France. Your husband, yep. Anthony Magliari, is currently physically in France from Paris. Anthony, why don't you introduce yourself? Great. Yeah, thanks, Ben. So, uh, yeah, I'm Anthony Magliari. I work for Varian Medical Systems as well. I work for the Medical Affairs team. And um, I used uh, Eclipse version 15.5 and uh, Halcyon to make uh, my uh, submission for this case. It was a nine a nine uh, static field, you know, dynamic MLC plan. Uh, I used uh, the uh, SX2 mode of Halcyon, which basically uh, is a is a, a way to use uh, half centimeter effective MLC leaf width by using a stacked and staggered MLC design with those nine fields, and it, and it did okay. And uh, I'm actually using this plan, actually the specific optimization objectives, to do a bunch of experiments, which. Uh, I'll share with you guys later on and be posting to medicalaffairs.varian.com. Hey, you don't even worry about getting your plug in. We're here for, we're here for all that. <laughs> now, I, and before we move on to so Anthony and Vanessa, both of you were working in the clinic and you joined Vendor what in the last, in the last maybe two or three years. Uh, for me, it was last year. Yeah. And I joined Varian in 2015. I did have a. I did work for them before installing and supporting Eclipse, yeah. and then I became a, a medical dosimetrist and worked uh, uh, in an academic center near St. Louis for uh, about three years, and I worked at a community center near Chicago for about uh, two years as well. Yeah, that's great, and I, I wanted to mention that because I think m more and more it's, it's, it's important that some of the best talent that, have, that are proven in the clinic some of them, a certain percentage of them, it's really good to go join the vendor because you can help. So we have Bjorn from, from Research and we have two people who work for Varian. I think that's great that some of the best planners in the world are working uh, for the vendors. So let's, <clears throat> those are great introductions. Thanks for, um, thanks for bearing with me. So what we're going to do here is we're going to open up a discussion. I'm just going to steer it and you guys talk to each other. What we're hearing more and more is that the world wants to hear uh, uh, from the best people. So let me kick off the conversation in the group and first ask, this was a timed plan study. Um, walk us through what it was like during those four hours. How did you go about your, your, uh, how did you go about your business and how, you know, briefly, how did you get your plan where it was? And we'll, we'll start at the top of the list again. Bjorn, if you can kind of describe that process for you. Yeah, so for me it was uh, probably a little bit different because, uh, well, basically I've, I've been developing uh, over the last year an automatic optimization algorithm uh, 
which is based on these kind of clinical goal uh, fulfillment plans uh, that are yeah that we're using in this kind of competitions so the approach is basically to replace the ordinary optimization functions with a, a different formulation where i can directly approximate the clinical goals and yeah basically i can tell the optimizer exactly what i want so as a concrete example uh, this competition included a, a confirmation number as one of the metrics so in ordinary planning what you do to get a good confirmation number might be to create some roi around the target or, and put some dose objectives while in my formulation i i simply place a, a confirmation number optimization function into the problem and the plan automatically gets a good confirmation number so uh, what i did during the planning was basically to input all the clinical goals and then press play on the algorithm <laughs> and yeah that was about it that's great is this uh is this something that is in the ray station system now or something because you're uh, one of the lead engineers that you're developing uh, no, this is currently not in the product. So uh, this is one of the research projects that we have ongoing uh, in the automation uh, kind of uh, approaches. So hopefully we will get this out into the project uh, in the near future. That's very good. But in general, you're you're basically asking the planning system to 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 do what a physician might do, a really detailed physician, right? Exactly. So so. We think these kinds of competition are incredibly interesting because they basically eliminate one of the big sources of variability, which is the question, like, what is a good plan? So in this case, we have an objective measure of what a good plan is. Uh, so then we basically want to be able to just tell the optimizer, uh, achieve these clinical goals as well as you can. And this is kind of uh, what I've been trying to do, getting an algorithm which is able to satisfy the goals as well as possible. Man, that's really cool. I'm, I'm glad to hear the plan studies are helping with the development. That's cool. Drew, why don't you walk us through, how did it go for you on that, uh, on that fateful afternoon? Sure. Um, I thought, uh, you know, the time aspect of it was very cool. Uh, it was my first plan study, um, so I haven't done any others, but, uh, you know, having a month to, to plan something obviously doesn't, uh, really evaluate how you would do a plan, you know, in the clinic. Um, myself, I, I rarely spend more than a day on a plan. So, uh, so kind of, it fit in nicely with uh, my regular workflow. Um, for this plan, I used three three full arcs, uh, collimators uh, at 30, 330, and 30, which is pretty standard for, for me. Um, I chose 10x. Um, something I always do is I uh, limit my x jaws the width to uh, anywhere below 18. Um, so all three of these were right below 18. Um, um, and what I do is I, I start optimizing uh, with only my PTVs, so I just get my... Uh, my PTV objectives in there right away and uh, click start. Um, and then with Eclipse, I just I like to pause in level one and then one by one add in uh, all my OARs. Um, and typically I will push on my OARs until I uh, start to lose quite a bit of coverage. Um, then I let it, I let the, the optimizer run all the way through and uh, and calculate. Um, and then uh, I'll go back and add hot and uh, cold spot contours to try to get some of that dose back and uh, control the dose to my PTV. And uh, really, that's about it. Uh, I'll, I'll push kind of um, on those OERs with my priorities a little bit uh, as I'm doing that. Um, but, you know, after after plans, they, they calculate um, so fast these days and optimize so fast that uh, you can get a, a few runs in, you know, within an hour. So uh, it really doesn't take too long anymore. You must have some. You must have some pretty good hardware then, or you have it set up with that multi-server parallelization that Eclipse. We do on. have. Uh, we do. Yep. Yeah, we do have the multi-server, so that that helps a lot. Um, I mean, our plan, even with the three arcs, um, calculate in you know three minutes, so that that helps a lot. Wow. You know, it was real interesting, and in and you guys can hear it when it's published. The interview yesterday, one of the teams was from Brazil, and they their hardware was slow so in the in the time the for, because of speed 
considerations. I think they said they only had time to do three plan iterations. And they still made, you know, a high performer, but if who knows how 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 many more opportunities they could have had to improve their plan. So sometimes we forget that different people have, have different hardware. Um, but I've seen those Eclipse workstations with the sharing of the resources. Man, that, that was a pretty nice development. It's, it, it seems like you did have to employ some, uh, so compare what Bjorn said to what you were saying. You're, you're employing some of these, um, controlling the optimizer with extra structures. Is that a good way to describe it? Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't really uh, use any before I get started. Um, I don't like to use, uh, you know, rings or, or anything like that um, anymore usually. But uh, but after that first run, um, I'll, uh, yeah, kind of create some uh, cold spot contours where the PTV is cold or I'll contour out the hot spots and, and use those structures to, to help control the dose. Yeah, you did a great job. So your first ever prono plan study and, and you flew up to the top. That's impressive. Um, Chris, I'm going to ask you a special, so yeah. answer the same question, but I want you to give us a different context. How long did you say okay. you've been in dosimetry? Not to, not to uh, date or anything, but. 30, 35 years. I certified in 89, probably before half of the gang here was born. So, so <laughs> I, t tell us, so answer the, answer the same question. How were those, how did that four hours of planning intensity okay, I, I, for you, I, but I want I, you to contrast it with what, what it was like 30 years ago to do a treatment plan. Oh, sure. Um, first things first, uh, I've got your uh, earlier comment beat in that I was only able to run a second run, okay? Uh, and that I think is based on Pinnacle's, uh, uh, the hardware we have and the software. Uh, it, uh, uh, I ran it as auto plan and I've been kicking my ever since thinking she was maybe I maybe I should have built this uh, built it as a VMAT or use static field IMRT because typically when I run an auto plan um, that'll I'll, I'll usually have upwards of 10 uh, runs to do after that to clean things up uh, in this particular case I only the first auto plan run took two hours and 45 minutes um, the first the uh, my second run, uh, cleaning as much up as I could quickly, uh, that took me right up to three hours and 45 minutes. I had 15 minutes to upload the thing, and, and uh, I, I did not have time for a third run. Um, I think um, that's one of the issues that I have with um, uh, the four hours. It, it, it was difficult. I wouldn't I wouldn't typically plan like this. I wouldn't typically plan. I, I Me personally, uh, when you plan like that, that's when you – when you, I see 75% of mistakes are made when people are trying to rush to get a plan done. Uh, so I don't typically like to uh, to, to work like that. Uh, that's that's just me. Uh, that's my experience. Um, basically, it was uh, I used Auto Plan and Pinnacle three arcs uh, because the fields are going to be relatively big. I knew it was going to take a long time. I just didn't know it was going to take this long. Um, so there was an awful lot of downtime, uh, which, uh, trust me, every minute as it's going by, I'm thinking I shouldn't have done this. I should have done it another way. I should have uh, built the VMAT myself or uh, uh, use static field. Um, but be that as it may, um, uh, my second run, basically, it was uh, uh, the idea was to heat up sections of uh, the P50 that were a little bit underdosed. And I work to remove uh, any high dose bleed uh, into the uh, P45. Uh, those were the only improvements that I had time to uh, 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 had time to make. Um, in terms of uh, you know the differences between when I started with when uh, now, it's just it's just unbelievable. It's just fantastic. Every year, the, the imaging gets better. If the imaging better, we can use smaller uh, uh, expansions. If we use smaller expansions, we're going to uh, uh, hit less uh, uh, adjacent organs, and the side effects reduce, uh, opening the door for uh, you know dose dose escalation. Uh, because this plan would have been done with uh, either APPA or four fields uh, back in uh, uh, 
you know, when I got started. And, and four-field box, uh, um, I don't need to tell everyone here, but, it, it, you know, everything inside that four-field box would have got 45 gray or 50 gray, whichever target you used. There was no such thing as dose painting. Um, you would boost. You might want to boost. Um, but uh, uh, but everything's getting that uh, the target dose. Now, the nice part about it, uh, I have an old head, and sometimes I worry that uh, we're – uh, being, uh, uh, we, we trust our technology a little bit more than we should um, with our expansions and things. We knew back then that we everything was definitely getting 45 gray. Um, there was no question. Uh, sometimes I, I wonder if we've uh, uh, cut these uh, margins a little bit too tight, and you know, God forbid the patient move, uh, you know, interfraction. Uh, uh, movement I always worry about um, especially some of these uh, uh, arcs are a lot of a lot of modern units um, but uh, but anyway uh, that's that's the big changes uh, the ability to uh, uh, to localize the tumor so much better than when I started uh, causing us to, uh, building the building the way towards uh, smaller and smaller fields that's really interesting uh, that when you say you did it, so you, in a way, you, the auto planning that you described, though you wish you could have had more time to then steer it and perfect it to get more points, in a way, you kind mm -hmm. of proved that it worked and that it, it was somewhat only limited by either time or speed of your computing, right? Correct. Correct. The, the auto plan, uh, the auto plan takes the most time. Uh, subsequent runs are a lot quicker, um, but uh, but auto plan took uh, two and a half, two hours, forty five minutes. Um, once I set it up, and and of course the setup took uh, a half hour, so I really didn't have a whole lot of time uh, after the first run was done. Yeah, I think it's really important because one of the reasons we're going to keep doing one of these timed studies a year and dub it the world championships is is because part of what we want to learn are things like this um, because you can look and see a world of automation people might queue up a bunch of plans and let the computer work on them however long and then they go back later and they're really good and it really didn't take any human time it just took computing mm -hmm. time but also right. you know maybe when the phillips representatives hear this interview they'll they'll give you some maybe they'll give you a free server that's a little faster next time <laughs> well, that would be nice. That's more. That's M O O R E. Yeah. Oh, I guarantee you, some people in Fitchburg, Wisconsin, just cursed my name right now. So I'm just having a little bit of fun. Uh, let's go. So, thank you so much, Vanessa. Let's describe your uh, your experience during the World Championships. What did you do, and how did you how did you do it? So I did use uh, VMAT with 4ARC because like uh, Drew did, uh, I think uh, I kind of uh, fixed my jaw so they are not uh, too big. And uh, I do it around 14 centimeter, 14 to 15 centimeter. So I have kind of two arcs uh, with the same collimator, but one, uh, the opening is one side and the other is the opening the opening in the other side. So it's why I, I have four arcs. Uh, then I use a, a optimizer, kind of the, the most simple possible. Um, I, beside one ring, uh, which I didn't use uh, at first, uh, I didn't create too, too many uh, extra structure. Uh, so my rings was really to help uh, the conformation number. Uh, otherwise, uh, I use my uh, normal tissue objective or NTO, uh, which kind of replace all the ring. But since we had a very particular uh, isodose to, to block, uh, it's why I created a ring. Um, so I don't have very uh, big fast server or whatever big calculation, but I have just one workstation. Uh, I were uh, I used uh, Acuros or Monte Carlo equivalent algorithm, but I have GPU calculation, so uh, it's really speed up the the speed of the calculation. How many uh, how many different just to kind of compare with how how many different uh, like iterations did did you get to fit into the four hours? Uh, so I I could do a, a really a bunch. Uh, but um, my final plan was kind of uh, done uh, before the two hours. Uh, 
it just after I'm like, oh, I want to try something else and I have restart from scratch and then it was finally not a, a good idea. So I'm kind of just waited uh, the two last hour. Uh, so for this plan, uh, if I recall correctly, I did one uh, really full thorough optimization and then I have continued previous optimization, which is quicker, maybe uh, three times. Okay. So it was kind of pretty quick to obtain uh, this plan. Yeah, that's great. I think I'm learning a lot here about the. Again, I think we tend to think that everything is all else equal and that the computing power is a control variable in these plan studies, and it absolutely is not. So it's something Prono needs to, when we're doing these world championships, we need to kind of be mindful of. At the same time, we do want to make it an aggressive and realistic time frame. So I'm, I'm definitely learning uh, some things here. Um, Anthony. All right. Hey, um, so... Yeah, I actually went back into clinical mode here, like as as, I was, as if I were in the clinic. And uh, I really wish I would have had more prep time to actually look at the constraints a little bit closer before I started. But a plan challenge came out, or the plan study came out in four hours. So I looked everything over, maybe about five or 10 minutes before it started. And uh, I downloaded the cases. And I actually spent about 10 or 15 minutes trying to make copies of the patient just to, for people that wanted to deal with uh, the problem of loading the same patient in their system. And then I got started. Um, and I actually w went through the, the contouring workspace for about the first, you know, 20 or 30 minutes, just like uh, I normally would with a clinical plan, and I uh, looked at where I had overlaps between my PTV and my, and my target and my OARs, um, and I actually made structures, which you don't even need to do in version 15.5 of Eclipse, but I did it anyway, made structures that don't overlap. I looked at the constraints pretty closely, and I decided where I would, what I would want to optimize on. I, these plan studies usually really want the max dose in the CTV. So I usually, for these type of plan studies, create a, a PTV optimization target that does not include the CTV. And then I ask for just a little bit more dose in the CTV to try to hold the hotspot in that structure. And uh, so that was probably about 45 or 50 minutes in. And then I went to the external beam planning workspace to set up beams. And I gave a big talk at, uh, at AAMD meeting last year, and I decided to uh, you know, use IMRT because I spoke about that uh, and, and how it can be really good. I also chose IMRT because with uh, it, it does come to a solution much faster if you're looking at the uh, cost function in the lower right-hand corner. I think every pre-tiered planning system has one. Um, it, it flattens out much, much faster. The solution is much easier, especially with Eclipse and the way it does uh, just fluence-based optimization during optimization. So um, I really wanted to have that nimble ability to really hammer out tons of tons of optimizations. To your point, how many iterations or optimization can you get? I thought that would be a big advantage. So um, I picked my beam strategically from the act view to get my call or my gantry rotations. I did not use a equally spaced fields, and I started optimizing. And within about uh, I think right about um, two hours, roughly. Um, I had a, a pretty good score of about 145, sorry, 135, and um, I wish it was 145. Um, no, 135, and I thought this was good. Then I realized, um, well, you know, I didn't rotate my collimators, and I gave a big speech about how important that was at AMD, so I better just start this plan over and rotate my collimators. And uh, so I did that, and that turned out uh, not to really improve much, but just put me back uh, quite a bit uh, because then my hotspot would always never show up in my where I wanted it to once I rotated my collimators. So I did a little cheater structure, which is um, for um, your max dose, and then look at only where that overlaps with the CV. And then I have picked um, you know, a, a structure that was just, just a few percentage less than my max dose, and then I carved out from the CTV that structure and said, you know, put my max dose here, and I put a pretty high constraint to keep that. I, I'm sure anyone that's a plan challenge knows how frustrating it is when you think you're almost done and your hotspot flips out of your CTV and into your PTV by a voxel or something. And it was happening to me quite often. So I finally got that controlled with a little cheater structure that you'd really never use clinically. It, it almost doesn't matter because these plans end up being so homogenous. It's you know, where your 100 and whatever it is, 105.2% versus your 105.1%. It's, it's kind of silly, but it's, it's important to give you a good score because you lose a good chunk if that's not in the right place. So once I had that done, I started, uh, I finally got uh, back on track and I got my plan about 
one tenth of a point higher than it was after two hours. And then I finally realized that we were actually shooting for 97% target coverage, not 95%. So like every other plant study or competition I'd done. But I only realized that on the low dose target, um, not the high dose target. So I only optimized my high dose target to 95%. Uh, unfortunate errors there. I, as a result of doing that, what I came up with control dot and uh, coming up with objectives that, that would work every time, finally, towards the end of the four hours and, and give me a repeatable, reasonable score without any strange variability like the hotspot jumping out of the CTV, I came up with a really robust set of, of objectives. And uh, so my, my, my score was 145 and it was pretty good, but not as good as Bajorans, I will point out, um, with, with static field IMRT as well. Really good job to him. Um, but what I do want to say is uh, I use those objectives to actually go back and say, what would have happened if I would have used the exact same objectives that changing nothing, the objectives that I came up with in this four-hour period, had I done IMRB mat instead of IMRT. I've been running quite a few different runs with different amounts of optimization time. I, the reason I didn't want to do VMAT initially is because I feel like to get a really good plan, you need to, you need to let it let's sit there and um, find a good solution at every phase of that optimization. I know another person mentioned that they pause it during the first one. I usually pause it throughout. Uh, the newest versions of Eclipse don't even require that. They let you set up a uh, convergence criteria and how long you want it to optimize at each point uh, if you wanted to do on a little bit more optimization or an extended optimization where it really lets that cost function gets flat at each phase throughout the optimization process. And I've found some really neat results that uh, really the score does uh, scale very, very nicely with additional optimization time. Um, and I'll be posting all those up. Uh, I don't have, I know it's kind of outside the scope of this conversation. We're just talking about the plans that we made for, um, for the plan study. But, um, you know, I always find that these are really great opportunities to study and and you've got a really reproducible, you've got a really robust metric and you can really change some things. But I don't want to change my optimization objectives because those are what I consider to be locked in time in that four hour window that I had. But look at things around the optimization objectives and what I could have done differently using those same set of objectives with a different method like IMRT versus VMAT or using one centimeter effective leaf size on, on this machine versus half centimeter leaf size or where I tell it to continue the previous optimization for the intermediate dose, whether I do it at the last stage of the VMAT optimization or the or the middle stage. So there's all these kind of things that I've been experimenting with, and I'll be posting the results at medicalaffairs.area.com. Uh, that, that's good. You're, um, we've had now a couple of people say they chose IMRT, and if uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was, well, it was uh, Bjorn and Anthony, and then Chris said if he, with knowing, uh, looking back, he might have chosen IMRT, and that was all correct me if I'm wrong, is all for the reason that you can run your optimizer faster. Chris, is that why you were bringing it up? Right. I, 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 could, I would have had uh, much more time for subsequent runs, and the subsequent runs are really what uh, takes a good plan and makes it really good. Do you think, you know, the scoring is still up. You can't submit a new one, but you can score. Did you go back and, I mean, if you ever get a couple, some, some spare time, you can try it, go on Prono and see if you could beat the, your score you actually had during the competition, if you could beat it, either with an IMRT or how much higher it could get if you had a little more time. I think that'd be interesting. Um, it, it would, it would. I've uh, been too angry at myself for this uh, to, uh, to try it. But, yeah, I, it's something I thought about uh, giving the shot. Angry at yourself for being a high performer? We're not we're not doing too well uh, uh, with only having the second run that, that, oh. that annoyed me interesting well you still did you still did very well now and then i think now to connect this dot back to bjorn bjorn you chose imrt over vmat uh for what reason uh well basically it's it's the planning technique that i'm i'm most uh, uh, comfortable with since yeah well i mean it's, it's pretty basic pretty basic you set up the beams uh, in this case, I, I only used uniformly spaced beams, and I didn't rotate any of the collimators, uh, basically because I really just wanted to evaluate how well the optimization would do. And of course, it's it's possible that uh, you could achieve better results if you manually selected the angles of, of the beams and the collimators. So VMAT seemed to be very good in this competition. Uh, I did actually try uh, doing this afterwards, uh, after it had closed, and I think VMAT, I managed to get uh, a score of 143, 
uh, and uh, also tried Proton uh, on one of the machine models that we have uh, and managed to get a score of 148.46, I think. So uh, the algorithm managed to perform very well on these techniques as well. Oh, so, okay, with more time and using VMAT, you know, s sometimes IMRT can outperform VMAT or VMAT out. It depends on <clears throat> what constraints and rules we put together, but let's say going to more flexibility to choose beam angles or to choose rotational, you were able to score a what with Photon? 143? So with BMAT, I got 143.3, I think. And, yeah. and that's um, that's compared to what you were able to do in the time constraint of, I remember, like a 137 or something? Uh, so in the time constraint, I, I submitted uh, an IMRT plan, yeah. which was 107. 137, 137 right yeah. something yeah. so that extra time definitely does definitely does help um i think we're going to keep it to four hours but i think what this means is beef up the computing power i think the humans aren't holding the speed back i think it's when humans have to sit and wait for the algorithm to crunch i mean we we heard chris say two and a half hours where he's pulling his hair out wishing he could be doing something so this is it's really interesting and I'm going to use it to lead into the next topic and I just want to kind of throw this open to the group and you can ask each other questions and put forth your ideas and that's really like okay we have some of we have very interesting set of, of of backgrounds and experiences and and then where you're working now you're 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 with vendors helping make products better or you're in the clinic you're using multiple planning systems all right, but now I want you thinking all of this question. Let's project forward another decade and throw away uh, whatever jersey you're wearing now and think if you had to if you had to kind of project where you think radiation treatment planning where it, how it will continue to evolve. What will that look like? Uh, and I'll just open the open it up for you guys to discuss this because we're starting to see elements of We've, we heard about auto planning. We heard about computing power, what optimization can happen offline versus online. We heard about the importance of having very specific de definition of what a good plan is as a precursor to doing automation. Project forward, design what the future of radiation treatment planning will be or should be and discuss. Uh, maybe I can begin. I, I think, uh... Auto planning is, is really something that's going to be on the horizon. Uh, like when, when I sit here and listen to everyone here, I'm, I'm really impressed with the sophistication in, in techniques in, in their treatment planning. But uh, I, for me, the vision is, is really to kind of eliminate the need for this kind of, of skill. And I might be in the wrong company to, to say this, so being surrounded by treatment planners, but. Uh, I really think that radiation treatment planning should be something that uh, doesn't really require as much of an in-depth knowledge, which is more accessible to people with less experience. And I think the me method for doing this is really by having sophisticated algorithms for doing the treatment planning for the humans and then maybe putting the humans in more of an observatory role. <laughs> Yeah, this is Chris, and and uh, I believe uh, uh, in listening to Bjorn's uh, take in, in terms of what he did up front. I think, I think that's where things are going. Basically, uh, some sort of uh, hybrid where you take these uh, planned goals and and rules and things, and and you tell the system, this is what I want you to get to. For example, you know, we heard about the uh, silly. Uh, uh, high dose in, in moving it uh, a voxel over. Well, that's the sort of thing that I think uh, would be easily programmable um, and you wouldn't have to have a separate run just to do that. Um, that's just a, that's just one example, but uh, same thing for uh, uh, taking out, uh, you know, the higher dose that bleeds into a, a secondary or, or a third uh, uh, PTV. Uh, I think that's the thing that can be, uh, uh, you can tell a system, uh, uh, you know, there are ways to tell it uh, to do it now, but I think it, 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 you wouldn't even have to tell it, it would do it automatically. I think based on your organization or your institutions, uh, what they're looking for, um, kind of uh, inbred the, the uh, 
uh, say the plan challenge, uh, the, the acceptable, good, uh, very good things into your system, into your plans. That's good. So one thing I like to note before you guys continue is, so Chris, who's got the most ex uh, experience, n noticed Bjorn that he he wasn't, uh, you, you said maybe you're in the wrong company of the people who do this. I think, Chris, you're probably no open-armed about progress for automation, it sounds like. Well, yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I think there's always going to be a role for, for uh, the art of dissymmetry, but I think, um, uh, well, in in my case, just the uh, the computing power needs to be improved. But uh, uh, but I, I see more and more automation, um, and God knows I'm I'm probably uh, uh, slitting my own throat. But uh, uh, but I I really feel that's the way that that's the way it's going, and I I think it's the right way. It, it's uh, uh, I think the automated plans are going to. Uh, do things quicker and and maybe even better. I still think you're going to have to have a, uh, uh, a proctor or a monitor sitting on top of it uh, to to evaluate the end. But uh, uh, but I think that's the way it's going. The floor is open. Is that depressing? No, <laughs> that no, depressing? no, no, no. I, I think everybody wants to talk, and they're waiting to see if other people talk. So, hey, Drew, weigh in on this topic. Yeah, I uh, I think the future. So. Uh... We, we just moved into a new clinic last June, so, uh, you know, it was a big jump in technology. And with, uh, with all the auto planning um, we have today and GPU-based optimization, multi-criteria optimization, planning planning's definitely um, getting faster and faster. Um, so I think, uh, you know, with, uh, you know, MRI, Linux, and that type of thing, I think it'll just transition more into, uh, I think we'll be doing a lot of kind of daily adaptive planning. Um, so just, uh, because planning is so quick, we'll be able to, you know, um, replan patients on a daily basis. Um, that's kind of where I see things going. That's a, that's a really good point. You got daily planning. You, if you just look at it from the surface, if you have 25 fractions or you have essentially 25 plans to do, we could never support that today. It's like automation is a prerequisite for doing any kind of daily adaptive, especially if the images came from the images of the day, be it MR, Linac, Combeam CT. So that's a very good point. Anthony, Vanessa, I, I would like to say to the world that we, we are hearing Anna. Oops. Mag no, no, we're hearing Anna Magliari. So who I got uh, just a little pause uh, she obviously has an opinion <laughs> just a human interest story Anthony and Vanessa are married they actually met because they were competing against each other in plan challenges a number of years ago so they their their paths crossed because of exercises like this and we are hearing one of the many great uh, uh, things to come out of that relationship Anna whose middle name is Gray uh, a unit of dose so there's a lot of good stuff going on here um, Visions of automation, uh, Vanessa. Vanessa, do you want to chime in on that? Uh, yeah, I guess I will. Uh, well, to me, I like to have, you know, still some human interaction. So it's why I, I like rapid plan, uh, which is our knowledge-based uh, planning. Uh, sadly, we wanted to create a rapid plan model for this particular plan challenge, uh, but we didn't find in time the data set. So we couldn't participate with rapid plan, and it would have been, I think, very interesting to see, uh, you know, how well rapid plan uh, can do in this plan challenge. But uh, uh, since you need um, to create your rapid plan model, uh, you know, kind of personalized to your uh, to your set of objectives. Um, I, I had a few, uh, I think, yeah, we had one rapid plan model, but it was not for the good, you know, those, and uh, it was not at all, you know, close what we wanted, so I couldn't really use it because what I wanted to do, it's really create the rapid plan model, so in a week, and then use it and submit the plan without touching anything. Uh, because I, I really believe we could have, you know, achieved a, a good plan, but sadly I cannot prove it. Well, you can prove it in the future. Use the same scoring and see what your computer does. I guess so. We can set a call if uh, uh, someone wants to send us some data set. We can, we can do it, I guess. 
Yeah, yeah the data set are always, always very difficult. So we had one of our customers who wanted to participate, but uh, sadly told me, well, uh, maybe next time, because I don't have enough of those kind of uh, plans. Um, so sadly, it was not possible. And we're seeing here a general contrast between uh, what, what you guys call knowledge-based planning, where you're feeding in plans that have been done on other patients, and we can compare and contrast that with how Bjorn kicked us off, which was, hey, I'm just, for this patient, I'm feeding in very specific objectives and, and searching for a, a local minimum or local maximum in score, let's say. And I think those are different approaches to automation. I think mm -hmm. all approaches to automation are definitely worth trying and, and then worth proving to see how they do. Um, Anthony, what's your vision? You've got some interesting visions. Are, so, are you willing to share some of your outside-the-box visions that you and I have talked about? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll hint at some of that. So for first thing I think that's going to be really important is uh, giving the doctors the tools to make a robust prescription. So this all this plan study is based on a set of metrics that someone came up with by trying to make this plan and uh, possible, and then retrospectively going back and trying to judge what, what's important and, and what's achievable on each metric and come up with something that shouldn't be achievable but very challenging. And that's, uh, that's exactly the kind of tools I think we need to give our doctors to empower them to make really, really patient-specific prescriptions rather than just following generic RQG. That's kind of what, you know, what, what Redstone tries to do for you as well. Um, you know, if you train it with a, a data, a bunch of plans that uh, have been planned by the way that a doctor allows to do it, um, it, it kind of knows what the doctor's preferences are, and, and if it's fed with really good plans that are always maximizing all your OARs while still getting, uh, not just testing the goals, but, but really driving them all to the lowest possible achievable mean doses all along that curve, you, you should get some good results. But, but really, I think the RX engine, giving the doctors the tool to give you basically a metric like the, the, the plan study metric, the, the PQM or plan quality metric, whatever you want to call it, I, I think that will, will be helpful. And then once you have a robust prescription, engine and you're not having to just read the doctor's mind and trying to beat RTOG protocol plus whatever that specific doctor likes, you have a really robust prescription. Then maybe having the, the doctor dosimetrist relationship isn't as critical. Um, and then maybe you can leverage other dosimetrists to, to, to make your plan. And I, I mean, like, I know at Varian, we're really passionate about trying to bring cancer care to the world. And uh, that, that's, I really like that goal. It's one of the reasons I really like working at Varian. Um, which means places that normally didn't. Some countries only have one Linac for their entire country. Some have none. People waiting in the hallway, the machine running, cobalt machine that's running 24-7 that breaks, and you know, people just getting the most uh, crude treatments you can imagine. So if we're trying to scale cancer care to these places, we need to be able to have people to help make the treatment plans. And maybe automation will be the answer and probably ultimately will be someday. But I don't think we're going to be there right away, at least uh, for the edge cases, and I think we're always going to need some people to be around to deal with edge cases where automation fails. So that's why I'd like to see some kind of system to uh, to leverage people that are really good, like people on this call, to be able to help with edge cases or, or just cases where there is not enough staff to deal with the, the cases that aren't rapid plan modelable or that don't fit really well into whatever uh, automatic optimization algorithm that's out there. Um, so, so yeah, I think a, a system to leverage people is good. And then uh, as far as adaptive, you know, I personally would like to see a uh, move more towards hypofractionation and, and get the payers and everyone caught up to what's possible today. I think that by and large, uh, there's maybe just too many fractions now that we have a really good way to visualize where the patient is. Uh, but I think there's a lot of, you know, barriers to doing that that are maybe not exactly related to the patient's outcomes, more related to reimbursement. But uh, I'd like to see that happen to where you don't have to make, you know, 25 or 30 fractions for that patient and maybe try to adapt them all. Maybe just you need, you know, three, four or five fractions. So uh, those are kind of the, the broad overviews of where I'd, I'd see things going or I'd like to hopefully see things going. I think it's a good comment. Don't you think with hypofractionation, <clears throat> obviously, if it has a biological effect, or at least it's no worse, it's obviously more convenient for the patient. Don't you think <clears throat> per fraction adaptive becomes more important the fewer the fractions are? Oh yeah, yeah, it certainly does. But at least it's less adaptions. Yes, you know, yes, I mean, number. Of. I mean, you're not, you're not, you're not killing, you're yeah. not killing 30, 30 bills to the payer. You're not killing yeah. uh, 
30 days of that patient's very, very valuable time um, to go into the clinic yeah. Um, yeah. And, and possibly just, I don't know. Yeah, I, I definitely see what you're saying there. I agree. So this is, this is great. You guys are awesome. I, when I was hinting at Anthony and I, we, we weren't in cahoots or anything. We have these kind of philosophical conversations when we see each other's meetings, et cetera. And one of the things that we've talked about is, you know, people get scared about this idea of automation. And I think even in a talk last year, the, the, one of the, the, there are two analogies I think of. One of them is when the spreadsheet technology first came out decades ago with the, you know, as, as soon as computers became affordable, people started saying, how can we write programs that are useful? One of them was a spreadsheet. And at first accountants freaked out. They thought, if you have a spreadsheet to do this, you'll never need us anymore. And what ended up happening was the opposite because accountants could use spreadsheets they could take more and more clients and clients could have a much lower price to pay a professional accountant to do higher quality work. And the analogy there would be the world already has a certain number of expert treatment planners. Maybe that number will grow or maybe it'll stay, you know, however much it grows. The patient base in the world is growing far, uh, far more rapidly than the number of people who can do good treatment plans. So if treatment plans become more efficient, it's like, the, or automated, it becomes the spreadsheet where now we can have treatment plan engineers or what uh, someone called an observer or call it a QA expert for treatment plan quality. They could be doing plans for the world on a, you know, based on their own skill set, and they could be ordered up by physicians. So this is the Uber model of ordering up a plan. So it may not be that someone is actually there. This may not happen, but it's one thing that could happen and it could happen for good reasons and it would require some element of automation. And then you take the Uber analogy one step further and they talk about the self-driving cars. We've heard some interesting stories recently about that not working, but that may be the pure automation. Um, but I think, you know, this whole idea of, of being able to do more plans whether it's because of adaptive or because of uh, you're, you're, you're doing planning for patients that aren't getting treating at your center. Better plans because the TPS optimizers are getting better via automation or via better planning skills. You know, all this stuff is the right direction. And, and you guys, because you're so good at what you do right now, you are at the forefront. So get involved with your vendors, get involved with these big ideas, you know, the industry needs, uh, needs your ideas to push it forward. So it's really exciting to meet all you guys. I'm going to wrap it up with this question and you can answer in any order. Um, what can we do next time? And by the way, we have another plan study that's launching within a week or two. It's not a timed one, but it's a breast plan study for the AAMD meeting in the United States. Really interesting plan scoring. It's, uh, it's, it's breast with chains. It's going to be complicated for different PTVs, so we encourage you to participate. It's not time, so you can work it into your free time. But thinking of the, the world championships that we're going to do once a year, what suggestions do you have for us, Prono or Ben Nelms, of how we can make that better next time? And um, take all of your answers right now. Well, I think I will start. Uh, I think it was great. Uh, I think for hours, uh, for this kind of patient, it's uh, maybe a, a good average. Um, I think a time plan challenge is good if you want check what you are doing in clinic, uh, you know, what kind of score you can achieve. But to me, um, and maybe may, <laughs> a lot of people are not uh, don't agree with me, but uh, I don't think I have really learned because I just did what I'm used to do it. So usually I, I use a plan challenge to really try different things, try different energy, try different beams. Uh, and when I was in clinic, uh, I also used all those plan challenges to try different techniques and uh, a lot of different methods uh, to try to be... Uh, you know, better when I'm doing a planning clinic and I don't have much time. So I, I think the four hours was really great uh, for just to see what you are doing, what you can achieve. Uh, but for me, for the learning part, I have kind of missed a little bit this part. And um, I, I'm really glad to have, uh, you know, those interviews because minimum I will be able to learn from uh, other high performer. So uh, I think it's still great. I will always 
you know, participate. Uh, but to me, while I was doing this plan, I didn't learn as much as when I was doing all the other plan challenge with no time. Well, you, and you it's can still do yeah, the yeah, other yeah. ones. You can still do the other ones, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah yeah i will still do the other one and it's why i say uh you know it's, it's still great and um i will uh, listen for sure the interview of the other high performer because it's how you also you can grab some tips and tricks but you know i, I think there is always um you know an, an excuses and um so it's good you have now you know kind of both so if someone won't just, you know, take it for hours, well, they can do this one and we can still do the other one and try to learn a little bit more. Don't you think the ones that we do, whether we do three or four a year, those help in a way prepare you for the ones that are timed? Because you are learning, right? Oh, Absolutely. yeah, for sure, for sure. It's an interesting yep. idea. So I, I want to get the rest of your answers, but let me throw this out there for feedback with... So Vanessa said, when you have unlimited time or you can do it in your spare time, you can try things and you may discover something that works great and then it becomes a, maybe a standard practice. But in a timed environment, you're not gonna try anything crazy. You're, you're, gonna, you're gonna do the best you can in that four hours. What if a very similar data set was released a couple weeks in advance with the same algorithm that people could go and perfect, try out different techniques and then when the competition day arrives, whatever, if they had put the time in to learn what might work, they could then leverage those into a better performance during the competition. Is that something that we should consider? It's not, it wouldn't be, we would just need two data sets instead of one. Yeah, I think it's a, a very time consuming, but uh, I think that can be a good idea. J Drew, this was your first one. What, what suggestions do you have we can make this more useful. Yeah, I don't. I do not uh, have anything to compare it to. Um, it, it was a very smooth process for me. Um, worked out well. While I was doing it, um, I kind of thought it would be just fun um, to maybe have an objective be based on the amount of time it took you to plan. So the shorter amount of time, the, the higher you would score on that objective, just to kind of go a step further on the whole timed aspect. You know, we thought about that. I love that idea. We thought about it. And really, in, in today's meeting, we came up with why we decided that it verified why we decided not to do it. And why we decided not to do it is you're getting people a higher score if they just have a better computer, if they have a faster computer. And we didn't we want it. Exactly. And that's that's tough. You don't want to punish anyone because they didn't get the latest workstation or they don't have a parallelized multi-server environment. But it is definitely you know, if you really wanted to do the best experiment where it's not just a human, but it's a human machine combination, putting in little rewards for how soon did you meet all, let's say there were 20, 20 objectives. How soon did you meet the minimal requirement for all of them? Little things that, that, that talk about quality above and beyond metrics that are extracted. It's, a, it's definitely a good idea. So keep your mind working in that direction. Those kind of uh, situations would also just adversely if are adversely benefit the people that really can crank out tons of tons of iterations right. rather than the person maybe that's going to work on it for two or three hours and then submit exactly so you've got to look at the pros and cons of both but no i i learned a lot like i said retrospectively i i can go back at this and use those frozen in time objectives and, and look at different techniques yeah and uh and i am learning quite a bit from it but yeah it definitely takes uh it takes a little bit more uh uh it, it takes a little more discipline to, to go in after the fact when it doesn't matter and more rather than having that drive to make the best plan. But it, it's still useful. And uh, I have put it off a few times, but I finally uh, wanted to actually know some numbers for, for this call. And uh, I want everyone else to answer too, but I also had uh, a, another question for, uh, for Bajorn specifically. Uh, I think this plan is awesome. I, I really wanted to know um, if, if, he, if he had time to look, if he had this in front of him, how many control points per field that, uh, that he used in the average MU per control point or something. Because it's a really, really impressive field in our plan. I know when I did the, the DMPO style, the direct parameter optimization in, in Pinnacle, um, and that, that usually was a big contributor to Well, I tell, you, how, I tell you what, I'll be pulling up Bjorn's plan to get that answer so he won't have to remember. But uh, 
so cool. Bjorn, yeah, I'll pull that up right now. But but Bjorn, I do want to cue you up. This I, I found it really. Um, it made me feel great that they're that you're you're you working for a, a vendor are finding this useful. Um, in that, uh, so, so what you might have a different perspective on how these studies could be more useful in the future. So what do you think? Do you have any ideas for us? Yeah, so, so overall I was, 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 I found the experience great uh, participating. I thought the, the website and everything worked very well during the competition. So yeah, I think generally uh, something I think that would be very interesting would, to ha would be to have some kind of plan complex complexity metric inside the score. Uh, because right now in the competition we had some kind of general constraint that the plan should be uh, clinically feasible but it would be interesting to see if you could maybe like work on the kind of trade-offs that you do between those quality and plan complexity uh, and then another reflection I had is that I, I should really get in contact with someone that can do QA for me uh, since I didn't really expect the algorithm to do to do this well, so next time I will make sure to get uh, get the QA done as well. Oh, and I'm glad you mentioned that three of the five that we have were did submit their full fraction uh, true composite QA. The only two that didn't were Bjorn, who worked at a place where he didn't have that. Next time you can partner with a cl one of your clinical customers, and you can have their Linac model, and then they can deliver it, and you can submit your QA as well. And then I know I know Chris, you submitted. Drew, you submitted, and Anthony, you were able to get it. Vanessa, you were in, you were in the same boat. You didn't have uh, someone ready. Uh, I was I was unlucky. Yeah. <laughs> but that's that's. I was unlucky. Yeah. I, I got someone, but he needed to leave. So. <laughs> let me. Um, so. Yeah. Let, let me answer um, Bjorn real quick. We have played with complexity indices. It's really interesting. Those were originally designed based for on step and shoot IMRT, where you wanted to not have these little unwieldy segments that where the dosimetry might be as accurate with vmat we found the complexity industries uh, ind ind indices that have been published none of them correlate have anything to do with actual delivery capability or or dose calc accuracy so for vmat we uh, we didn't find any correlation and in fact university of louisville has a paper that's been submitted um, they did submit at the WAP or they showed at the WAPM last year that some of the more complex plans uh, had a better QA results. So the complexity indices, we would love to put them in there, but we want to make sure that they actually reflect something um, and not just put in a complexity index that really should have been retired 10 years ago when dynamic MLC came around. It's, it's, it's an interesting concept. I'm, I'm glad you brought it up. And then about Bjorn's plan, he did have a step and shoot IMRT, wasn't dynamic. And it looks like first beam, 11 segments, uh, nine segments or yet yeah, nine or 12 segments, 10 segments, all in that range. I think the most number of segments that Bjorn had would be 16 all there. And there's one with six segments. So kind of in the range from six segments to 16 for, for his step and shoot, Anthony, that's an answer to, uh, the question you asked Bjorn. Um, and then I think we'll, we'll close it out with Chris, your, uh, give us some words of wisdom, my friend. Yeah, uh, it, the plan challenges are dynamite. I, I love them. I encourage my staff to do them. Uh, I think it's a it's, it's a great teaching tool. Um, we learn a lot. Uh, you know, you, you you look where where you where you didn't score very very well, and you come up with the methods to to uh, pump that up. So, it, it it's a really great thing. I I really enjoy them, and I appreciate what Prono does. Can you give? Yeah. We appreciate that compliment. It means a lot coming from you. Can you think of anything we can make a little better? Yeah, honestly, I, I, I can. I uh, like I said, I'm, I'm I, I the the time thing I, I struggle with. I, I struggle with. Um, but uh, uh, but otherwise, uh, you know, I love the metrics. Uh, I, I love the scoring routines. Um, uh, no, I, I honestly, Ben, I, I I don't. There's nothing I could add. Mm, well, that, that's nice. And just because you do encourage your colleagues, I'd like to point out one of your colleagues was also a top three performer in the pinnacle category, right? Correct. That's, Correct. It's pretty impressive. We do see, this is interesting. We do see 
high performer, like top scorers start to clump in the same places. And it's obvious why that happens. It's, they are sharing ideas and they are. Sure. Basically, basically if any of us can do something even 2% better than the guy you're sitting next to, you puff out your chest, you tell him what you did. And next thing you know, that everyone adopts it. So it's, it's a, a group effort pushing forward. It's a it's a spirit of competition pushing you, but at the same time, for the other days of the year, you're 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 helping each other get better. So, um, hey, it's been an honor to have you all for this hour. I appreciate it. Thanks again, and keep participating in the plan studies. You're you're what makes this go. The fraction is a Prono Systems production. If you have ideas for a future topic, something you'd like us to explore, or a story that you would like to tell right here on the show, then by all means let us know. We want to hear from you.